Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leader leadership insight and advice. Welcome back to another episode of When Hers United, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I truly appreciate you listening in. This is Season 8, Episode 8, entitled Franchise Ownership with Nasucha Mabwa. Before we jump into the interview, I want to tell you more about me and When Hers United, the podcast. I believe that success leaves clues, and When Hers United, the podcast was created to give you the clues you need to succeed in business, mindset, personal development, and self-care. These are the four pillars we stand on here at When Hers United, which is why they are emphasized so we all can live a complete and fulfilled life, both personally as well as professionally. If it's not too much to ask, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Then write us a review. As a thank you, we'll be giving shout outs on future episodes to those that take a moment to do this. Without further ado, let's get into season eight, episode eight, entitled Franchise Ownership with Nasucha Mabwa. All right, so today we have another amazing winning woman of color entrepreneur. Nasutra, welcome. Good morning. Thank you, Nicole. You're welcome. So before we get into the interview, just going to do a brief intro, right? Okay. Nasutra Mabwa is the president of Service Master by Simons, which is a restoration franchise servicing the greater Chicago area. In this role, Nasutra manages the strategic direction and operations of Service Master by Simons. And when needed, she's willing to get her hands dirty and put in the work required to maintain happy customers. Nasutra has received many accolades for her work over the years, which includes the C-Suite Award by the Daily Herald Business Ledger and the Influential Woman in Business Award by the Chicago Business Journal. So again, Nasutra, welcome. So let's talk business. I want to say I believe you are the first person on the podcast to be the owner of a franchise. Ah. Yeah, super exciting. I'm excited. I hope you all are excited too, right? So ah. I want to start off by talking about franchises. Can you define what a franchise is for anyone who may not know and then tell us why you decided to start a franchise? Sure thing. So a franchise is a little different than just an independent, you know, small business or medium business. It's a company licensed by a mother company and it offers goods and services following a certain well-known brand. And so for, for our case, Service Master is a very large company or corporation. And then all the franchises, the franchisees fall under that larger Service Master umbrella. And we're all independently owned franchises here in the United States. Okay. And what made you go into a franchise as opposed to an independent business? 
Well, I think for us, the brand is very well known. So it helps with attracting customers consistently. But also, my partner had experience with another franchise that was Service Master. And we knew we could just do it better ourselves and grow our own independent brand and company. So that's what we do. And we're eight and a half years in now doing our own, running our own Service Master franchise. All right. And I feel like I got ahead of myself, right? Because I talked about you know, what you do, but just tell us more about what your company does. Oh, sure. So our company, Service Master Restoration by Simons, offers emergency disaster restoration for water damage, fire and smoke damage, obviously flood damage cleanup too. And then we have specialty cleaning service, which include post-construction cleaning, COVID disinfection, general cleaning, hoarder cleanout, carpet and upholstery, and hard surface floor cleaning. So we do a lot of different types of cleaning, whether they're emergency cleanups or specialized cleaning. Nice. So all the stuff that I know I don't want to do. Look, I'm that's great. <laughs> you call us because you don't want to do it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. So I want to take a step back to just go into a bit more about a franchise, right? Yeah. So I like that, right? Because, you know, some people may want to start a business, but they don't want to take the time necessary to sit and plan out the roadmap, to come up with all of these definitions and figure all of these things out, right? So from what I heard you say, the benefit of starting a franchise is that all of that work is done for you. Right. You get a great training when you start. You have an onboarding as a business owner. You have to follow company you know, procedures and policies. There are certain insurance requirement limits that you have to obtain as the service master franchisee, but you also get marketing resources and you're assigned with a business development consultant who is there for you when you have issues or questions about your business or need assistance with a particular matter. So you do get more assistance than if you just started your own business without being a franchisee. Right. I love that. I love that. I'm also a Mary Kay consultant. So as you were talking, that's what it made me think of. It's like, you know, they do all of these things for me, but then on the other end, you know, you do have to put in the work because you can purchase whatever and have this name, but if you're not doing the work, you won't get the clients, you know, so it still requires some work. (laughs) Right. It still requires a lot of work and we're very creative in our marketing. So while we do use some of the paper brochures and pamphlets as we go out and meet our customers. We still have a very customized marketing strategy that we use for the company for our web and SEO and everything else that we do. I love that. So you kind of led straight into what the next question is. Perfect, lovely ways, right? And this one is specific to something that we talked about previously, but I would love to hear you also Talk about that creative marketing spin that you use in an effort to stand out even amongst a franchise, right? Because that's what I heard in between those lines. So when we spoke previously, you told me about how you had to become innovative in your business approach due to COVID, right? Like people, you know, may not have been looking for the services that were traditionally the services you offered. So tell the listeners about this experience. So that was very interesting for our business. You know, when the pandemic hit in early 2020, in March, pretty much everything kind of came to a standstill. People were told to stay home and just basically not go out unless absolutely necessary. Businesses didn't know what to do. It was just very difficult. Were you essential? Were you not essential? So we kept our staff working and then we had to kind of slow things down. We still kept them on payroll so they'd be able to take care of their families. 
And then we decided to begin offering COVID disinfection services because it's something we already had a lot of preparation for. We already had the PPE because of what we do for cleanup. And we already had the machines needed to do the fogging, electrostatic spraying of the COVID disinfection. And so we just did some trainings with the team and then we got right to it. We put up a web page on our website and before we knew it, the calls were coming in and that's all we did all of 2020. The other services we offer weren't really even being asked for during 2020. And those didn't really come back till the end of the year. Now in 2021, we're doing a full range of services again, as we used to, but 2020 was basically just COVID disinfection. I love that. I love that. To me, I heard perseverance. I heard tenacity, right? And a word that I learned when coming into the entrepreneurial space and hear more and more had to embrace myself is being able to pivot, right? Like, you know, you could have easily said, oh, well, I guess we just got to stay closed, you know, not get these calls or like, how are we going to make ourselves relevant right now and being okay with that, right? And being okay with that. I love that. So you also talked about how you guys take a unique spin on your marketing to stand out. Talk to us a little bit about that. We do. We think it's many different ways to reach your customers. It's never going to be one straight method. So I think your web SEO has to be strong. People need to be able to find you when they're looking on their cell phones, iPads, desktop, right? If there's an emergency, they got to be able to find you quickly. So you need to be ranking where your businesses are for that industry. The other thing is, of course, your current customers, making sure you keep in touch with your current customer base. So we do newsletters as often as we can with different informative topics, blogs, or any news we have to share about our business. We do that. And then we also are good at networking and attending different functions that relate to our business. So we can meet property managers in commercial setting or other businesses that would need our services. And I think it's just getting out there and, you know, being part of your area. So I'm on the board of directors for the Evanston Chamber of Commerce. And so that's helped me meet a lot of people who need to know about our services. But we service all of Chicago Metro. So it's a huge area to cover. And part of our growth strategy is to push more on the sales front to be able to let people know we're here because it's a lot. It takes a lot of effort to do that. And restoration is very competitive in Chicago. So we have to really keep at that all the time. I love that. I love that. Now, is that something that came down from like the franchise powers that be, so to say? Or is that like, you know, you took the ownership and said, this is what we have to do because we people need to know us? Well, they do set a baseline of what you should be doing. I mean, you do need to have a website as a franchisee. It has to have certain, you know, basic information there. But we just took it to a different level over the years, making sure we could really advertise our services all over the metropolitan area for our emergency restoration disaster services and then our specialty cleaning. And, you know, you got to hit it all on all fronts. We have a very robust social media. We have a lot of followers on our Facebook page. And I know that there's other, you know, softwares people use. A lot of people like, you know, TikTok or Instagram. But for our business, Honestly, Facebook is great. LinkedIn is really good too. So we can meet other professionals who need to know about our business and not just the web. So you have to be creative. We also try to attend different functions and events so people know about what we do as well and sharing that information. So I think you have to just be really creative and global about it. If you just attack it in one front or put all your eggs in one basket, you're missing reaching a lot of other potential customers. 
Love that. Love that. Love it. So I heard operating in excellence as I'm listening, like that's what was ringing in my ear, you know, because you could be the person that chooses to operate at baseline. Okay. This is what they told me to do. This is what I'm going to do. Right. But choosing to put in that extra work, operate in excellence, pull out those creative juices. I think that's a great stance to take an example to be. And I also heard making sure people know you, right? So like you said, going out, attending those events, getting on that social media and knowing where your customers are, right? Like I love that you said, you know, TikTok may be a thing, but it's not my thing and being okay with that, right? So I think those were excellent, excellent tips and advice. And it can apply to a person that is in a franchise, to a person that has an independent business, you know, you're running or starting up your brand. So take that meat and apply it as you may. Exactly. You got to do your research because people search for services in different ways. You need to know for your business how your customers are searching. And if you do your research, then you'll be successful in making sure they can find you when they need you. And that's what we work really hard at. And it takes quite a bit of effort. I was going to say, I think that's the thing. A lot of people... Like research, don't nobody got time for that. But I love the saying. You have to, you have to make the time. Right, that you don't. So the saying like you don't not have time. Like you don't think you have time, but really. You make the time. You have to, right? If you want to have a successful business. So I love that. It's true. All right. So I know another thing that you told me, right? You guys, I have all the insider knowledge, but I'm here to share it with you, right? So. Another thing that you told me is that you prefer to operate a small company while Mm. keeping things lean and agile, right? Right. So tell us more about what this means to you and why you find it to be effective. So for us, we're a small family-owned business. Yes, we are women and minority-owned, but we also are family. And we decided that with our growth strategy and our business plan, because you do plan out when you have a business several years, you know, five years, 10 years, where do you want to go? And then you can work each year on getting there and achieving those goals. We decided to keep a more lean approach just because it's easier to manage. And then you don't have to bring in so many other managers or levels of management. And we found that when you do that, and we've watched other restoration companies who have grown very large, you lose a level of quality and consistency in the way you provide services to customers. So if you have the owners and then you have management and then you have supervisors and then the technicians, there's a lot of layers right there where things can become disconnected and information can get lost. What we do is just, we keep it very agile and nimble. If we need to staff up, we do. We have alliances with other service masters. If we need more people, we can partner and ally with them for a big project. That's worked very well for us. But this way, we, are, we know our customers. We know the projects we're working on. I show up at the job site, and my partner Sam will show up at the job site, and we're always in touch with the technicians and the office staff, so everybody knows what's going on, and we don't drop important pieces of information, so we can deliver consistent, successful, quality services. And so that's why we have run the business in this framework. It works best for us. And we've decided how large we want to grow and we can be consistent in our delivery. And I think that's why we got the Better Business Bureau Torch Marketplace Award last year, which is a big deal because we are able to deliver really consistent quality customer service. Even though we're small, 
we make sure we know who our customers are. We're not sending three other people there and we don't know and we're not sure it's going well. Even if you put really great training into play, things can become disconnected. And so for us, we wanted to make sure that we are really controlling and having a lean outfit that's very functional. So that's what we do here. I love that. I love, love, love that. A few of the things I heard you say was planning is key right? Love that growth strategy and just paying attention to that. And then the emphasis on, so I use a lot of uh, analogies, right? Or these are some, one of those colloquial sayings, cut the fat, right? Like that's what I heard you saying, cut the fat, right? And, you know, if it's not needed, then why put it in place, right? And from what you decided, it's not needed for you. Right. And I think that that for you is so important, right? Like we all have decisions to make, you know, don't compare yourself to them over there or try to become them over there. Decide who you want to be. Decide what's okay for you. And even if it's not, you know, as big as who's ever over there, if you're okay with it, then you should be able to move and and be comfortable, you know, where you are and satisfied, you know, with the decisions that you make as opposed to playing that comparison game. And I love the values that you're choosing to stick. It's important. Yeah, it's important. You know, we have our business plan. We know, you know, probably how long we're going to run the business and either, you know, you hand it down to family or then you sell it at some point. Now, if we compare ourselves to a restoration company that's been in business for 30 years, they definitely have grown to a certain point and have a different business model. And that's great because for them at that point, it works. But maybe when they started, they didn't have that business model. So right here at eight and a half years, that's where we are and that, that's what works for us. We grow very incrementally. We add technicians when we need to, as we need to, and we see the rhythm. And if everything's running smoothly, if they ain't broke, don't fix it, right? right? And so that's where we are today. And I think that's fine. Love it. So you touched on something that I'm getting more comfortable with. I've been hearing for the last couple of years, exit strategy, right? You touched on it, you know, briefly, right? Like, yeah, let's look, this, this is off the script, y'all. Y'all know I like to veer off here and there, but um, an exit strategy, right? Because I know for me personally, and I'll just speak for me, like I wasn't thinking exit strategy coming into business. I'm just happy to be in business, right? But I think, you know, the more I learn, you should have an exit strategy for your business. Talk to us more about that. You should. And it's hard when you're just getting started because you're just trying to kind of get everything up and running and have consistent delivery of services. But at some point, you yourself or your partner, whoever the owners are, are going to mature and want to age out or retire, right? So what, what is the plan? So the best thing you can do is keep the business moving and growing to a point where it has value. So your financials are in good order, your equipment is registered and logged and organized. And so if you were to sell that company, you have all your assets organized and you can then have that value and somebody would be attracted to buy that business as a package. So as you're doing all your growth, you think about that on the other end, whether it's 10, 15, 20, 25 years down the road. Because at some point, I will be 70 and I won't do this anymore and I will need to sell or then have others taking over the business. So if you're going to be succeeding the business then to younger people in the family, 
then you need to get them in earlier to train them as they age up. We're not at that point yet. My children are still in middle school and grade school, but you know, you never know that could be something they want to do. We'll, we'll see what happens. But for right now, we think about all of our business decisions, our you know, asset purchases or, or everything that we do and how that kind of benefits the business as a whole. And does that have value later and how that will reflect the business as a package down the line? Love that. Love that. This is business operation. Yes, uh, it is. What is this, like 301? <laughs> this is the third one. We're talking top level here, y'all. Yes. Top level stuff. You have to I be mindful. It. Mindfulness. Yes. You know what? You are just on point today because we are moving. <laughs> we are moving into our mindset segment. Perfect, perfect leeway. Now, let's talk mindset. All right. So talk to us about having an effective business owner mindset. Like, what does that mean to you? How does that look in practice? Well, I think for for how we run the company, the business mindset, if you look at it that way, for us is we need to make sure that we offer services that we're very good at. So we look at our core competencies and we strengthen those services and we only offer those. Some companies try to do everything, but they don't do it all very well, Mm -hmm. right? And customers are dissatisfied because the job wasn't done correctly or to what they thought it was going to be when they hired the company. What we've done is we have our certain services and we keep doing them and we get better and better. And that's all we do. There's certain things we don't do because we don't do it very well. And we'll just tell the customer, we do all of this. We are unable to do this. And you could potentially call this other franchise and they can do that for you. And that's where I think we've been very strong because sometimes turning down work or a lead that may seem lucrative has to be done because you might have failure later, which will then damage your reputation. So we're good at selecting out what we can do well and just offering those services. I think that's been important for us. I love that. And it's so funny with mindset, like I feel like so many things can fall under mindset, right? And being okay with what you do. Again, like, you know, we talked about it before, being okay with what's your thing, right? I do agree with you with not spreading yourself too thin. I used to pride myself on being a Jane of all trades, right? Mm. But then when I say dangerous, it can be dangerous, right? Because are you ever a master of anything? You know, when you are spreading yourself in all of these different buckets as opposed to pouring most of yourself into one bucket so that you can be at top level in that one thing, right? So I I do love that principle as well. Yeah, so that's that's our mindset, I would say here. We, we're selective and we consistently offer the right services that we do very well so customers are satisfied because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure our customers are satisfied. And if we try to do different things just because we think that there might be some profit there, that's not a good way to run a business. Right, and I think that even touches on abundance mindset, mm. right? Being okay with giving a job over to someone else, you know, not being yeah, in so, fear so of... Right. Like, oh, no, this is going to mess up my bottom line. No, what's for me is for me. It shall be for me. It's going to come to me, you know, but I'm going to give this over to someone else. Because when you give things, that's when you open a door to receive more things. Right. True. It's true. And although COVID disinfection was a newer service, per se, and we did have to train at that a little bit at the beginning of 2020, it wasn't so difficult that we were risking everything. The main risk was 
oh my, will we be infected while we're carrying out these disinfection services? But because of the disinfectant at hand and wearing all the proper PPE and don and doffing that correctly, we were able to keep the technicians safe during the period. And we still do several a week, even now, you know, there's the Delta variant and other variant strains. And we're still offering, you know, several, a handful of COVID disinfection services every week. We can still get calls. So that would be the one time when we did pivot and try to offer something new, but it was still within our wheelhouse. So we were 99% sure we were going to be successful and we were. Love it. Love it. All right. Look, stick with what works. You know, I mean, try new things, but make sure you got the tools, you know, to be successful. So I love that. I love that. So talk to us about a mindset practice that you use personally to keep yourself grounded, to show up at your best. Yeah, I think that's really hard as a small business owner and as a parent. (laughs) Um, Those are both both very demanding all the time. right? Right. Of course, when you have school-age children, you know, they're in school part of the day, so you have that time. But I think for me is learning to say no and not participating in every committee or seminar or opportunity that comes my way because you can't burn yourself out. And I used to be more want to say yes all the time, but now I'm more selective with what I participate in, which boards I participate in. So I can be most effective when I'm serving on those committees and boards. Because if you just sign up to sign up for things, why are you really there? You're just taking up space. Mm. I prefer to really insert myself and to be productive and an active participant and fully engaged. And then it's rewarding to me and the people I'm working with. And then it seems like it's a win-win. Also, another thing is I would say the time management piece, which I always feel I need to improve upon. And some years I think I'm better than others. (laughs) This is this evolving thing. But, you know, just taking the time to take a walk or take an hour or take a break, it's okay. Go sit somewhere by yourself, do nothing, read a book, whatever those things are that work for you. For me, I like to garden. I like to read. I like to cycle. I just took up uh, cycling. I have a new bike and trying to do things that are, you know, replenishing for me spiritually and physically outside of work. Right, right. Love it, love it, love it. I love how you're intentionality on being selective goes from business as well as interpersonal, right? I think that's super, super important, you know, that we are showing up the same in different environments, right? I I think that's really key. Because burnout is real. (laughs) Right. And you talked about saying no, right? I never realized, like, you think, oh, say no. And you hear that and it's like, oh, I could do that. But it's not as easy as it sounds. No, it's right? awkward. You feel like you've disappointed people. You worry about expectations. And I find, though, as I am maturing, that it's getting easier. I don't huh. say no to everything. But sometimes I realize, you know, this isn't going to be a good fit for me. I'm already spread too thin. I'm focusing here now. This is something maybe I could do another year. But this year, I can't do that right now. And it's right. okay to say no. And I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with saying no. Right, right. I do agree. I'll be 40 this year, right? And my we level of 40. <laughs> ah, thank you. <laughs> my level of people pleasing is decreasing drastically, you know, as I continue to mature. So I do agree. And 
And I think it's okay, right? Because we have this fear or I, let me speak for myself. I've had this fear of, I don't want people to leave me or I don't want them to not, you know, love me or what is this going to do to our relationship, right? But I feel like if a person doesn't respect your boundaries, then how good is that relationship anyway? And sometimes you have to teach people how to respect your boundaries by you respecting your boundaries. Yeah, it's that level of emotional intelligence and knowing that you're strong and confident enough to set that boundary and still be self-respecting and then respect others. It's a process. Right, right. If you want to support the ongoing production of When Hers United, the podcast, your contributions are welcomed and appreciated. There are two ways you can do so. Via Cash App and Buy Me a Coffee. The Cash App handle for When Hers United, the podcast, is dollar sign When Hers United. That's dollar sign W-I-N-H-E-R-S-U-N-I-T-E-D. And the Buy Me a Coffee URL is B-U-Y-M-E-A-C-O-F-F-E-E, period, C-O-M, forward slash W-I-N-H-E-R-S-U-N-I-T-E-D. I want to thank you in advance for your support and remember that no donation is too small. All right, so let's move into our personal development segment. Now, let's talk personal development. So talk to us about what you've done to develop yourself lately. As I just mentioned, I'm going to be focusing more on cycling. I know that it's fall, so it's probably not the best time. However, we had a really hot summer, so almost like a drought, and it was just too hot to do a lot of outdoor stuff with the mugginess in Chicago. But I think with the fall temperatures cooling, it's a good time for me to start doing more cycling. So I've decided to do that every week. And I'm also reading more books because I feel like it's always important to not only nourish yourself with more information as a business owner, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, but just taking that time for yourself. You know, it doesn't even have to be a novel or a nonfiction book. It could be an article on the web or a podcast you like. It depends. It's different for everybody. I don't have a lot of free time. So when I do have it, I have to try to use it wisely. Right. That's what I was just thinking. Like, well, when do you find the time? <laughs> right. The magic million dollar, trillion dollar question is where do I get this time from? Yeah. So I'm a bit of a night person, not too late, but I, you know, I need to work on going to bed earlier, but I do tend to take the time in the evening when my children are sleeping or should be sleeping. And I take that kind of section there to do my, you know, internal replenishing. All right. Good for you. I love it. So do you have a personal development resource to recommend to us, a book that changed your life, a training, a podcast? You know, there's not really a, I read so many that I don't think there's one I could point out. I mean, it's just, there's such a a huge amount of resources out there, but I do use something for stress, which I found helpful to kind of calm things down and people who are kind of highly energetic like me, this might resonate with them, but it's called uh, Brainwave Tunes and it's on my iPhone. And it really helps kind of relax yourself through a meditative process. It taps into the brain waves. It's kind of different sounds that are played. It can sound kind of like water or other kind of 
smaller, quieter sounds. And as you listen to it, you kind of a meditative state and it helps with stress. You can just do it for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes, but that's something I do frequently. I love with my, it. With my headphones, with my noise canceling headphones. Yes. Brainwave tunes, you said? Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Never heard of that's it. But... An app. It's an app. Right. Right. Yeah. Check it out. Look, because we need, look, we practice, we preach. Look, I ain't gonna talk about how often we practice, but we're works in progress and we're aiming towards excellent, right? But to be stress-free, to decrease stress, right? So that we can show up the way we want to show up, right? So I love that resource. I think that was excellent. Yeah, it can help with insomnia or just general anxiety, which so many of us face, right? All the time. Right, right, right. All right. So another leeway, right? Because I feel like that was a great leeway into the self-care segment. Let's talk self-care. So talk to us about what self-care means to you and why you feel it's important. I think self-care is one of the most difficult things. For some people, they get up early, they exercise every morning, they do their batch cooking on the weekend. And they make it look really easy. Right. Now, I don't know if it's because they have really good Instagram posts or write the right articles or just have like really good gene structure so they stay really lean. But for all of us, it's hard to do that consistently. Like I always want to have all this great food batch cook that's healthy that I can throw together these meals for the family. But sometimes it just doesn't work like that. Like right. if I have a late meeting or a networking function, that's not going to go into effect, right? That something's going to be ordered. People are eating something else at the house. It's frustrating, but that kind of self-care then kind of extends to me and what I'm eating too. And am I eating to nourish myself so I have energy so I can help to grow this business? And also with the stress levels that we talked about earlier and just making sure that I'm moving and staying physically active. You know, it's important to be physically strong and emotionally strong because you need all of that to, to be present for business growth and leadership to lead your, your business. Right, right. Love it. Love it. So we talked about healthy eating as a self-care practice, exercise Mm -hmm. as a self-care practice, that mindfulness and stress levels. I totally agree with each one of those. I agree with the premise that it can be easier said than done, right? But the recognition that it's important and figuring out ways to do it, even if it's one percent of change per week per month thing you do like now i'm going to batch cook x on sundays and that's going to be ready you've done one thing now versus zero and you should feel good about that you know right or you fit in three walks in one week or you did one core training good for you it's better than doing nothing right right so i look at it that way also you know i talked to someone recently about they wanted to know a tip like on business strength and health And I told them, I said, you know, for me, when I first started running Service Master, you know, things can always go sideways and there can always be stressful things that happen. I used to get very emotionally caught up in it. I used to become like, you know, very high adrenaline, panic. Uh, You know, you feel like you've got to solve it right at that minute. And there's like a lot of anxiety you're feeding on and it kind of becomes this like repetitive cycle. But now, you know, I've been doing this some years these things will still crop up. There'll still be like a, like a big fire or a little fire, so to speak. Right. An emergency or some kind of problem because they're always going to be in business, but it's how you react to it. So, okay, here's the problem. Let's not react from emotional place. Let's just take a few deep breaths, get a cup of tea or whatever you have to do. 
go outside, come back inside, and then look at it. What can you do? What are the options? Is there someone else you can call to talk through it? Can you write down some ideas to solve it? Can you go sit with someone and talk through it? Can you deal with it the next day? Can you put it off for 48 hours? Can you think about it over the weekend? That way I'm distancing myself. And now I'm handling these problems from more of like an analytical place instead of like a reactive stressful anxiety place, which is emotional. And you don't really make great business decisions when you're in a kind of off kilter or emotional place. So that's something I've noticed that's changed instead of like that panic, that instant panic. It's more of like a methodical approach and response to navigating, you know, any issues that arise in the business. I love that. I love that. That is like, that's life advice, right? Yeah. Business as well as personal. I blew up on my son today. Look, I told you before we started, right? I was doing some yep. restoration myself because he done not yep. all this cereal in my car, right? So- <laughs> and then it happens. It does happen. <laughs> Right. But I I felt so bad about it afterward because I want to be the person that is calm, you know, all the time. Right. So I love that advice. And I think it's amazing because it is important to respond, but not react. Right. And and be in control of your emotions as often as you can. can. I mean, realistically, and you may be upset, but you could say something like, I will get back to you in a few days. Or can I get back to you tomorrow about this? Or Maybe don't respond for a few hours. You know, there are ways to give yourself some distance so you're almost protecting yourself. It's kind of like a little bit of a guard, like a shield, so you can continue to do the work. Because if you take that in, that energy, every time it happens, it will really be devastating in the long term. And it can affect your health. So. Mm, yes, yes. Protect yourself. Create a shield. What? <laughs> That's a whole word. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> I love that. Super, super important. I hope y'all taking notes. Look, and then implementing what you hear, right? Because that is super, super, super important. So if you had to think of one self-care practice that's like your go-to when time is short, you don't have the time, but you know you have to do this. What's that one thing that you do to keep yourself level? What I do, I would say is I will just take some fresh air and get a cup of tea. (laughs) That's my my fastest go-to. That usually calms me down enough to get to the next thing that's required. Right. Taking a moment. Yes. Okay. Or do some like minor stretches. I'll do a few stretches. Just be like for a minute or two. Right. Right. You know, roll the shoulders. I think we forget about our physical form, especially if you're like at a computer all day. Thankfully, my work is somewhat active too. So I'm not sitting all the time. But for those of us who sit a lot, you have to remember to move because you can get really sedentary, you know, with all the computers and everything we do. Right. Love that. Love that. Take a moment. Going back to that shield, right? Take that moment, roll those shoulders and go get you some tea. Yeah. Or coffee. <laughs> if you don't like tea, you can coffee. <laughs> I don't know. Coffee be having me bouncing off the walls. Right? So that's not for you. So you need to get the tea. <laughs> but I like coffee. So, you know, sometimes. Well, don't, don't drink it after 12 or you want sleep. No, right, right, right. Yeah, I love that. And, and the premise is, you know, take the time and fill that time with whatever you need to decompress for the moment. Right. I mean, it's different for everybody. Some people like to endlessly scroll through their Instagram feed or 
call their grandmother. You know, everybody's got a different way, right? I think you just need to know what works for you and find a way to create some distance so you're not internalizing every issue. I mean, if we're talking about business owners, that's important because you have to be the stability of a, of a business. It's just going to keep coming. How are you going to navigate that over the long term? Sure, for a few years, you might be able to react, you know, in a, in a very high level way. That's high energy. But at some point, that energy is going to wane and you still have to respond. So that's what I've learned. And I, I became more aware of this recently. Something happened in the business and I was able to navigate it with not so many high levels of anxiety, which was mm. great. Yeah. Love that. Love that growth and watch your growth. Look, implement right. a couple <laughs> of these changes and then, you know, be surprised at yourself. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So that sounds like a win, which is a perfect segue into our next segment, which is celebrating wins. As a bonus, let's talk celebrating wins. I believe that people look at wins in varying levels, right? So it could be you noticing that, oh, I didn't blow up. Like I blew up last year to this crises or fire that came. That's a win. I got up and I stretched this morning. That's a win. Like wins yeah. are relative, right? Or it could be as huge as I won the Better Business Bureau Torch Award, right? But yeah. talk to us about your latest win and why it's important to you. Well, we just found out that I received the Stevie Award for 2021 in the bronze category for customer relations and support for services for our small business category. So that's pretty awesome. Woo, and, I love it. And I think as a women and minority business owner, being able to offer services in a way that are consistent and high quality and having that positive customer interaction, because in the end, the customers are who we are is really meaningful. So, and that speaks volumes to our office team and all the good work we, that they do because it's really them on the phones interfacing with the customers. So really proud. I love that. Congratulations. You should be proud, right? Oh my goodness. I'm like, you know, I was thinking as I asked you this question, I'm like, well, I talked about the awards. She has. <laughs> she talked about the Better Business Bureau Torch Awards. So I'm like, I hope the thunder hasn't been stolen. And here you come <laughs> pulling another award out your head. I love it. Love it. Love it. That is super, super amazing. And as I was listening to you, it made me think of you talking about your lean and agile approach. So, and you're focused on quality and customer service and not wanting all of those layers to get in between that. So I think that that is a great representation of, you know, you don't have to be this huge company to be you successful, don't. to get these you awards, don't. to be recognized, right? To be respected. No, you, don't. you don't. You can interact in your business at the level that works for you. If you want to set up a business where everybody's doing everything and you just pop in, that's on you. But for us, I need to be here so I can be involved and contributing to growth. And that means sometimes, yes, I'm on the phone. Sometimes I'm at the job site. Sometimes I'm estimating. Whatever it is, we will do it because that's how we succeed together because we're a team and it's really important. Love it. Love it, love, love it. All right. And congratulations again. Thank you. Yes, yes. All right. So tell us what being a winner means to you. Hmm. I think it means being your best authentic self, you know, finding a way to run the business, being a female business owner for me, 
in the manner that works for you independently. And if that means treading a new path or doing it in a different way, that's what I do. And I don't make apologies for that. I think that that's why we've been successful. Love it. Love it. And don't make apologies for it. Look, that's no. the part that just, you know, that, <laughs> no, that rang in my soul. Yes. <laughs> well, especially for me. I mean, this is a very, you know, male dominated and historically uh, white male dominated industry. So, you know, we, we work with people who, you know, may not look like myself. And so it can be different. I think that, you know, we just do a good job every time and people will get, you know, gain that trust. And people will share your name around and get more leads. And that's how the business can grow. So that means a lot. Love it. Love it. Showing up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. So do you have any parting words or advice for, in addition to all of the gems, right? As if you didn't drop enough, let's just get one more. Let's get one more. Okay. Well, I hear this sometime where people are like doing a business startup and they don't know if they should do it because they have, you know, a job and they have health benefits and they're worried that you know they can't start the business but i say that you should just dive in because if you never do it how will you know what you could have been you could have been amazing and if you constantly think about it you'll have a life full of regrets and that's not a way to live one's life either so you can always start another business if the first one fails and trust me every business has a point where they fail and have to rise again everybody even if they don't talk about it it's true there's always ups and downs. So I think having that confidence to either do it yourself or with a partner and just try, because if you don't, you're not going to be charting your own journey. You're going to be responding to someone else setting your path. And I want to set my own pathway. And so that's why I run my own business. Love it. Love it. I felt like you was talking to me a little bit. You're you talking know? to you? <laughs> Look, she's been looking in my window, y'all. She's been looking <laughs> Drive the train. <laughs> Listen, I love it. Thank you. That was amazing, amazing advice. Well, I do have a question on that, right? Because I find that my caveat is, do I just quit? You know, I have a nest egg, right, though? So it's like, do you just quit and, you know, do use this nest egg and get it going? Or do you get your business going to the equivalent of your salary, you know, before you leave your business? And I've heard varying answers. Well, I think you need some degree of stability. I mean, you have to be able to meet your basic needs. For some people, it means not being able to buy a house or live in that apartment in the beginning. Maybe they have to move back with a relative or somewhere else, but there has to be for sure a plan. <laughs> I mean, yes, I said, dive in, give it your best shot, go for it. But there has to be some planning. I mean, at, the, at heart, I'm a planner. So I would never do anything without some kind of plan. For me, yeah, I had some, some savings and I, I worked as an executive in real estate development and commercial real estate development. And then I moved into disaster restoration. Now that decision took two years to make mm. because I wanted to do it at the right time with the right notice, respecting the people I worked with at that company, and then finding a way to transition into running the business. And I think, you know, you just take your time or if there's no time allowed, then making sure you can at least have a quality where you're meeting your basic needs and you're not creating stress or having stress, not being able to meet basic needs as you grow the new business, because that's something you don't need while you're trying to grow a business. Although sometimes I hear that happens. Right, right. I love that. 
All right. So you can't say she just said quit. You know, I listened to you and now I'm homeless. You can't say that happened here. I didn't say that. (laughs) Make a plan. Right. Right. We got to put those disclaimers out there. You might be getting a roommate. Get a plan. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So before you go, let us know where we can find you, connect with you, social medias, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. So on Google, you can find us at Service Master by Simons. And Facebook, we have two pages. We have Service Master Restoration by Simons, and we have Service Master North Shore, and also LinkedIn, Service Master Restoration by Simons. And we're 773-376-1110. All right. Well, Nasutra, I so enjoy all of this, your insight, advice, knowledge. Really appreciate you. My pleasure. It was so nice to spend the hour with you. Thank you. Yes. I really enjoyed this interview with Nasucha, and I hope you did as well. During this episode, Nasucha reminded me about the importance of innovation, especially if we want to remain relevant in these changing times. She also reminded me about the necessity of an exit strategy in business. But what was your takeaway from this episode? Send me an email and let me know. My email is whenhersunited at gmail.com. That's W-I-N-H-E-R-S-U-N-I-T-E-D at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. One of my mottos is sharing is caring. So I sure hope that you care to share. I'm looking forward to receiving an email from you. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode to read Nasucha's full bio, get the cash app handle for Winners United, get the direct link to my Buy Me A Coffee page, and more. We'll be back in two weeks with another amazing, winning woman of color entrepreneur. But until then, as always, be empowered and empower on.